I, even though I'd already had the spark for digital storytelling, once I met Mike, then it really took off. And I met Mike at a time when he kind of had a, the early vision for what was to become common language. And this idea of people all being kind of trained in the, within the same framework and protocols and values, because uh, what I had learned on the States kind of got me going. But uh, Mike really, uh, with the extensive research and experience that he had, he really knew about how to take the process further, you know, especially as an individual who wants to hang your shingle as a digital storytelling facilitator. Mike really had what I was looking for to take that next step. Welcome to Leading Through Stories, a podcast that explores the how and why of digital storytelling. My name is Christy Wolf, and each episode I connect with storytellers or common language digital storytelling facilitators to learn more about the health and wellness stories they are creating and sharing. Life is made up of meaningful moments. Which ones do you want to share? With me today is Melody. Now, Melody and I did a lot of our training together. We've actually done quite a bit together, and she is someone that I have learned a lot about common language digital storytelling from. So Melody, will you actually introduce yourself and tell us about how you came to digital storytelling? I've always been into storytelling since, you know, like like all of us. I, ha- I have these memories of sitting on my mom's lap reading stories, you know, when my older siblings had gone to school. And, uh, you know, I ended up pursuing uh, a career in theater, actually. That's how much I love storytelling. Um, And also English literature and university. Um, And then eventually I took a master's in organizational behavior. And when I reached the sort of crossroads, um, if you will, of the time of the empty nesters and, you know, when my kids had gone to university and I said, okay, now it's time for for Melody 2.0. And, um, you know, I really did a lot of work around who I was. And, you know, sometimes in this work, you come up with a word. And my word was storytelling, because I I knew that I loved, you know, theater, I loved um, English literature, etc. But then I started to explore, you know, like story slams, and I was going to oral story circles, and just anything to do with story. Um, And I stumbled upon digital storytelling. you know, just sort of searching through all these anything to do with stories. And I ended up uh, going down to California, where sort of digital storytelling originated in Berkeley. And I did some programs down there and really got excited about it. I came back to Calgary and uh, I, I also happened to be a cancer survivor. So I went to this amazing holistic healing center called Wellspring now called Wellspring, Alberta. And I talked to the director at the time. Her name was Patty. I'd known her for years. And I said, Patty, I just really figured out what my next, what my passion is in the next chapter of my life. And I really want to do digital stories with other people who've gone on a cancer journey at Wellspring. And she said, that's a great idea. Um, We actually have somebody who's been doing it for 10 years. (laughs) I said, well, who? And she said, Mike Lang. So she connected us. I, even though I'd already had the spark for digital storytelling, once I met Mike, then it really took off. And I met Mike at a time when he kind of had the early vision for what was to become common language. And this idea of people all being kind of 
trained in the, within the same framework and protocols and values, I said, I am all in because uh, what I had learned on the States kind of got me going. But uh, Mike really, uh, with the extensive research and experience that he had, he really knew about how to take the process further, you know, especially as an individual who wants to hang your shingle as a digital storytelling facilitator. Mike really had what I was looking for to take that next step. I think back to when I did my level one, you were already a level one facilitator with common language and you'd done this work with Mike and you'd done some workshops and stuff. You were the first person in common language that I saw that was doing it more on a consulting basis and you weren't tied to an organization. So some of our facilitators were trained because the organization they work for did the training for them and then they use it within their job in that organization. And you were more similar to me in that you were kind of looking to do this and find your own client or find your own people to tell stories with. And so that really struck a chord with me. And so then we ended up getting to do the level two training together. So level two training for digital storytelling is when you work with people on workshops. So you would work with six to eight people to do a workshop. And Melody has a lot of experience with that with Wellspring. Will you talk a little bit more about that as well? Yeah, sure. Wellspring, you know, Mike had been doing digital stories at Wellspring for about 10 years uh, when I started to get involved, first with Mike. And then eventually, you know, when Mike finished his PhD and was moving on to other things as well, it kind of transferred over to me. And I'm so grateful for that because I love Wellspring. But what we do there is we, about four times a year, uh, we have small groups of six to eight people that we work with individually to help them find their stories. Um, oftentimes it's about their cancer journey, but not always. I mean, sometimes when someone's going through something like that, they want to talk about another part of their life. Uh, oftentimes coming out of those really major, sometimes traumatic events, people end up uh, discovering a new self as well and go in an exciting new direction. That's one of the gifts that comes out of it. I mean, I just finished doing a program with families and that was interesting to get the perspectives of each parent, as well as teenagers, younger children. Uh, you're dealing with people at all different stages of life. And that was quite an experience. For that family workshop, were they each telling their own story? So let's say a parent and a teen were telling two different stories, or they were telling it and working on it together? They were actually telling separate parts, but of one story. Oh, so the family was creating a story. So in a sense, you have one person, I will just say it often is the mother mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of driving the process, but others are contributing to it. Yeah. So that was really interesting. I mean, we'll look at other explorations in the future. Um, there is a possibility of doing it where each person does their own story. That's also something to look at down the road. And your original workshops would be each person telling their own story. Is that how it was set up before? Yeah. And that's the majority of what people do at Wellspring is that people come in individually, you know, like in any digital storytelling process, you have a small group of people with a similar lived experience. They each make an individual story. And then at the end, they get to share it. You know, we talk about uh, the therapeutic value of digital storytelling and at a holistic healing center like Wellspring in particular, that is the primary goal of these stories. Beyond that, sometimes they end up 
being used uh, on, say, the Wellspring website uh, to inspire other people. But they, the primary purpose is to help the individuals that are going through their cancer journey. As part of that, it's really important that they get to go through a healing process within themselves. But it's the healing often comes from the connection between people. You know you're not alone. You feel acknowledged. Uh, and that's important in all digital storytelling. But when someone is going through something like cancer, I think it's especially important that they have people they can relate to and and connect with, right? That's what it's all about. Melody, that brings me back to when we did our level two training to learn to do the workshops. We did it together. We were the two facilitators learning that. We had a group of medical parents. And so that's what you're explaining about the cancer journey is how I think about medical families, because that's an experience I have. And then I can relate in some ways, again, not the same experience, but there's similarities in experience that draw you into these stories. And I can see you in your work and me and my work are like because of our lived experience. And I, I love it. I think that's incredible part of it. The other part I wanted to touch on was with Wellspring. So with digital storytelling, with common language digital storytelling, we think of two parts. We think of the process and we think of the product. And in each case, there might be different goals. So we often talk about education, advocacy, research, or therapeutic intent. And I was struggling a little bit because I haven't been in a situation where the goal was solely therapeutic intent. And Mike was like, that's what Wellspring is. Wellspring, it came together because it was solely for therapeutic intent. Other than screening the stories for the group, it never needed to go anywhere else. The product wasn't being repurposed for anything else. And so that helped to reframe it for me. I just haven't had the experience where people are coming together only to tell it for the process. Right. And and I'll just comment on that a little bit that I really feel like when the goal is therapeutic intent, that it's kind of like the... The medium is the message in that how we go about it is, is what's really important. So the healing to me starts with just the notion that you are creating space, uh, as you do with any digital story, but you're creating space to listen, to acknowledge what someone's gone through. And I know with my acting background, we would talk a lot about an actor getting into a state of readiness. And I'll just say that in work where you where there is a therapeutic intent so much of it is about helping someone to get into a state of readiness where they feel the comfort and the safety level to be able to share that story that is waiting to be told that they don't even know exists yet and so this idea that people need to be sort of eased into it for instance uh i have people that sometimes you know have gone through very specific cancer experiences and in a few cases, I will have done a story with someone else who's experienced that. And it's so rare. So sometimes before I even meet with a person individually, after the first session, I will send them a story by someone else that's been through something similar. And just seeing that story, they come back and they go, oh, now there's somebody, I've seen somebody else that's going through what I'm going through. And already that inspires them. I just think that storytelling becomes the pebble in the pond. So, for instance, at Wellspring, somebody gets to be inspired by someone else's story, which also happens at the film festivals, and to give them the courage to go, I want to do that. I can do that. I'm not alone. Somebody that's been through something similar to me has gone through this and, and has done a story. And then they get the benefit of 
telling the story. Then they get the benefit in the group. Then, like last night, we just had an amazing film festival. And then, you know, the ripples of the pond extend to members of the public or some people in their family and friend group even that really see them differently after hearing their story at a festival, the Wellspring holds. Okay, wait, the festival was the Wellspring Festival? Yes. (gasps) Oh, okay, okay. There is that opportunity beyond the group to share it at a festival, meaning, you know, it's like a kitchen table night. It's a time when we get together and and there might be 30 to 50 people online and we are sharing someone's story and they get to talk about their experience. And, you know, like last night, it was really interesting to hear storytellers from a few months ago and even a few years ago share what their experience was like for others. And almost they become the pebble in the pond and they're encouraging others to do this. Um, And then there was another level to it where there was a whole discussion around the fact that people get something different from these stories when they revisit them years later. Yeah, just the different interpretations. Yeah, whatever you're living in that moment, you might have a new discovery and a new insight from seeing that story five years later and reflecting on where you were then and where you are now. So even though, in a sense, the goal isn't for the story to necessarily go beyond the small group, in some ways it does because there's opportunities to share it in larger groups and sometimes they can put them on the Wellspring website and that becomes an inspiration for others even just to watch it and connect with that and go, okay, that I I can relate to that. Maybe I can get through this too. I mean, even if they don't come and create a story, but oftentimes it does inspire people to want to do their own story. Well, and you mentioned kitchen table nights, and I'm just going to mention for listeners, because some people that are listening to this podcast are brand new. Some people are facilitators already. So I like to try and kind of give people some information at the same time. So you mentioned kitchen table nights. Common Language Digital Storytelling runs four kitchen table nights each year, and often they have a theme, and it is exactly what Melody is talking about, where it's virtual, people come together, and they share stories that they would like to share in this small group setting. So it is a lot about the conversation, what the experience was like. For some people, it's because they've told a story. For other people, it's because they're interested in digital stories. Other people might be coming in because uh, they're friends or family, and they want to see that particular digital story. So I find it's always a range of people, which is probably similar to the festival that you just put on your storytellers, their people, and then the people that are interested and aren't quite there yet for telling a digital story. Mm-hmm. And and some people, just members of the public, come to, for instance, the Wellspring Kitchen Table Nights or festivals uh, regularly. I mean, Mike has been putting them on for years. And they come just because of the discussion and what they connect with in these stories and what it does for them to just, you know, you break off into small groups and you talk about how this story impacted you. And, you know, we know that there's tons of research out there that validates the fact that, you know, story work is important to our uh, our emotional, uh, mental wellness as human beings. And it's kind of what we use to to get through life. And, and we just know that as human beings, right? That stories... Um, from the beginning of time have been used to help make sense of what goes on in our lives. Uh, I know that when I was thinking about delving further into digital storytelling, uh, even though I have an English degree, I thought, you know, I want to go back and revisit mythology because that is the root of all of this. Right. So I took a mythology course and just kind of reconnected with the fact that we know that, you know, all cultures have their own mythology and storytelling is how they passed on 
wisdom Mm -hmm. about things. And so we're basically just continuing something that's been done from the beginning of time. We just found a new way to do it. You know, it's great doing it digitally just opens up all kinds of opportunities to, to share it. So I'm going to take you back a little further. When you did your first digital story, what was your meaningful moment in your digital story? When you were just learning this process, what did you start building a story around? Right. Well, and I didn't know this uh, until I got there. Of course, that often happens in digital storytelling. I was at a transition point in my life. Uh, I was kind of the intersection of two transitions. One was transitioning from having children at home to being an empty nester when they went off to university. And the other one is more of a we to me story where for the first time in my life, really, I realized I was going to be on my own. You know, you grow up with family, you live with roommates in university. Um, I got married, I had children, I had never actually lived on my own. And when I was transitioning, you know, I, I went through a separation. And so my first digital story just happened to sort of hit at that time when I was in that place. And funny enough, the, the meaningful moment that we're looking for in that story came about when I was at like a friend's getaway yoga retreat. And interestingly enough, through a series of events, I ended up with a live bat in my suitcase. <laughs> so yeah, that's always, you know, fodder for all kinds of storytelling. But really what happened over that weekend is, uh, you know, we all kind of reminded each other that, you know, bats are a symbol of rebirth. And my whole meaningful moment was the realization as I was kind of just exuberantly dancing in the kitchen with my friends. It was that moment when I first realized that I was going to explore the part of me that was just me, that was not a mother or a partner or any particular role. It was just rediscovering me in a way I hadn't done probably since I was maybe a child, a teenager, right? And so that was the meaningful moment. And that's what my story revolved around it. You know, I ended up calling it the Renaissance. It was my Renaissance, right? Oh, I love that. Okay. And so if you're going to create a new digital story now, what would your meaningful moment be about? Well, I think right now on a personal level and also kind of just with where things are at in the world, I think my next digital story would have something to do with the experience that I've been privileged to have with hosting uh, a Ukrainian family. You know, with the with the war in the Ukraine, I reached a moment about a year ago when I just said, you know, I'm at this point in my life when I can and should absolutely be doing something. And I just had this, this I felt compelled to do something. And I ended up hosting this young family uh, that had become family to me. And I'll just say that it's opened up so many things. It's opened up this connection with what is going on in the world and not just viewing it as another news story, but having somebody who is actually connected to people that are going through war. And it's quite um, unsettling to the bones in some ways, you know, realizing that because we live such a sheltered life in many ways in Canada. And although there's lots of things happening now, just given events in the world. And so when I think about the story, you know, just recently, for instance, I was at an event uh, 
that this family hosted. It was a year after they'd come to Canada and it was their son who was born shortly after they arrived. It was his first birthday. And so we had this gathering of many of my friends who also supported this family, other people from the Ukraine who are recent uh, immigrants to Canada, and just this realization, uh, this moment of connection going, we are we are the same. You know, we come from different parts of the world. We did grow up in many ways with, with different experiences. But in that moment, just that sense of, of building this community where we are the same. And I think that that's what's needed right now in the world, in the larger sense, right? With everything that's going on, uh, that there needs to be this reminder, hopefully through story, that we can see each other as human beings. And, uh, you know, with the, with the people that I've been honored to get to know and now call family, you know, they were strangers from another part of the world a year ago. And now we are so connected. We're connected for life. And um, so that would be the story. That's the area of storytelling that I'm also very interested in exploring is the connection between people that host new immigrants to Canada and just taking the step towards trying to get to really know somebody and make them part of your community. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because so much of what Mike talks about and what common language often talks about is healthcare settings. And that's not always the role that I'm in. And it sounds like similarly, Wellspring is a healthcare type setting where people are telling healthcare stories, but there are so many different options for what people could be telling stories about. The new Canadian experience is something that can be learned from and that can be like that idea of quality improvement in healthcare is true across all of these different areas. So each time that we hear stories about people's experiences, there is learnings in that. It's not just about, oh, that stands out for me or that resonates with me, but also what can we learn from this story that could better support people coming to Canada or all of these different things that we end up telling stories about, right? Absolutely. So I'm glad you I'm glad you talked about that one. Yeah, thank you. No, it's something that's meaningful to me right now. Yeah, and so where do you think your work's going to take you next? What are you envisioning for digital storytelling? You have done level one, you co-create stories with people. You've done the level two workshop training. What's next? Well, I am planning to do my level three. In fact, I'm set up to do that with Mike. I envision, you know, mentoring other facilitators at some point. I always want to continue to do the work though, as I say, because I love it so much, but I'm excited to have other people share in this experience. And I think there's so much to be done out there that really there is a need for all of us to help other people to get involved. Mm -hmm. Melody is talking about level three is when a facility trains other facilitators. And I'm wondering, Melody, did you ever have anyone from Wellspring show an interest in going further with digital storytelling? I actually have had that. Absolutely. There's people that are interested in this, whether it's through Wellspring or other digital storytelling that I've done. Uh, in fact, one of the people that I did a story with actually came to one of our workshops at one point. And once people try it and understand what digital storytelling is, because we know it can be kind of a loose term that people kind of walk into and they're not totally sure. But I think that once that happens and once people have the experience of doing a digital story, they often are interested in doing it again. So Melody, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me about all of these things today. 
Oh, well, thank you, Christy, for having me. And thank you for being a pebble in the pond, because as you said, last time we got together, you said you really love talking about digital storytelling. I do too, but you do a great job of spreading the word throughout the community in many different ways. And uh, we really appreciate that. Thank you. Throughout my conversation with Melody, we talked about different levels of digital storytelling. So I thought I would ask Mike to talk a little bit more about common language and the three different levels of training. One thing I discovered early on in my own digital storytelling facilitation practice is that facilitating a group experience uh, with up to eight people, you know, was a whole different level above working one-to-one with someone on a single story. And that's really why we have three different levels of a facilitator training uh, with common language. Level one is the foundational training where you get to start uh, by making your own story uh, before taking a deep dive into theoretical and practical skills. Uh, And then finally facilitating your very first story with a volunteer. And uh, this gives you a running start into the world of digital storytelling facilitation. And as you get more confident, you can sign up for the level two training where we talk about all the important things when facilitating group workshops. And again, you get to run a workshop with volunteers and a common language trainer in the room to support you. So uh, finally, you know, uh, when you're a full-time facilitator and have lots of experience, the level three training is where you can actually be trained to teach the level one and level two trainings. And that's the highest level of certification we offered. So most people will only go to level two because that's all they'll really need to help people create incredible stories. But no matter what level you're at, you will immediately uh, be able to create really beautiful stories that can change the world for the better. Everyone has a story to tell. We would love to hear from you. We always include a link to the stories we're talking about in the episode show notes. Please let us know what resonated for you in today's episode. Your comments will be passed on to the storyteller. You can email us at ltspodcast2023 at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at Leading Through Stories. Leading Through Stories is sponsored by Common Language Digital Storytelling, facilitator training for health and wellness changemakers. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe to Leading Through Stories on your favorite podcast platform.